we are so thankful for you. We worship you because you are the one who walked out of the tomb. And not only that, but you promised that if we put our faith and trust in you, that one day we would too. And so Jesus, would you be with Smiley as he speaks, help him to proclaim everything that you have put on his heart. May they be your words and not his. And Holy Spirit, would you come and would you open our eyes and our ears and our hearts and our minds that we might receive this good news. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. My name is Smiley, and I have the privilege of sharing with you the greatest news the world has ever heard the day a dead man got up and walked out of the tomb and said we could too. So let me ask you a question. Why did Jesus appear to women first when he rose from the grave? He wanted to make sure that the good news spread quickly, that's why. <laughs> and it did, didn't it? Man, I am so thankful to be a Christian. You know why? Because we have the best holidays, don't we? I mean, we have Christmas. At Christmas, we celebrate that the God who is became a human being and was born among us. We celebrate God coming to earth. And then we get to Easter, and Easter is a celebration of, of how a dead man got up and walked out of the tomb and said we could too. What two marvelous, marvelous celebrations. And if, if someone said, Smiley, you can only have one verse. You can only have one verse to share the good news of Easter. What verse would you choose? Romans 10.9, right? So if you have your Bible, you might want to turn there. If you didn't, then you can read the back of my shirt, okay? <laughs> because this is what we're going to learn today, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, where we're going in the message, I love to, for people to know where we're going. Here's where we're going. The point of today's message is that Jesus saves. The whole message of Easter is how Jesus saves. And uh, the action step, where, what I really want is that everyone here, you would believe in Jesus. I, that everyone would believe in Jesus because I want everyone who leaves here today would leave saved. Which raises the question, you might say, well, saved from what? And so I want to show you what we're saved from. I, I'm going to show you a, a clip from a TV show that used to run called ER. And this is what I want to save you from, okay? This is what I want Jesus to save you from. And, and, and the video clip is there's a man who's dying of cancer, and he's overwhelmed by something that he had done, that he was kind of responsible for an innocent man dying, and, and he's facing death, and so he has some questions that I think are really good questions. At this time, it took him 90 seconds to die. Seven months later, a police officer came forward. The boy was framed for the murder. Hmm? He didn't do it. couldn't have known that. God tried to stop me from killing an innocent man, and I ignored the sign. 
How can I even hope for forgiveness? I think sometimes it's easier to feel guilty than forgiven. Which means what? That maybe your guilt over these deaths has become your reason for living. And maybe you need a new reason to go on. I, I, I don't want to go on. Can't you see? I'm old. I have cancer. I've had enough. The only thing that is holding me back is that I am afraid. I'm afraid of what comes next. What do you think that is? Oh, you tell me. Is atonement even possible? What does God want from me? I think it's up to each one of us to interpret what God wants. So people can do anything? They can rape, they can murder, they can steal all in the name of God and it's okay? No, that's not what I'm saying. Well, what are you saying? Because all I'm hearing is some new age, God is love, one size fits all crap. Hey, Dr. Truman. No, I don't have time for this now. Greg, it's okay. Look, I understand. No, you don't understand. You don't understand. How could you possibly say that? No, you listen to me. I want a real chaplain who believes in a real God and a real hell. I hear that you're frustrated, but you need to ask yourself. No, I don't need to ask myself. I need answers. And all your questions and your uncertainty are only making things worse. I know you're upset. God, I need someone who will look me in the eye and tell me how to find forgiveness because I am running out of time. I'm trying to help. Well, don't! Just get out! Get out! Get out! Doesn't he ask some really important questions? Could I be forgiven for what I've done? Anybody else besides me in here do things that you've wondered? Could I be forgiven for what I've done? And what we're going to learn today is yes, because Jesus saves. Did you hear what he said? Could, could, could I live forever? I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what? Anybody else afraid of what? How, how could I know that I'm going to have him? Listen, he, he asked that question, and if that's you, I want you to know, listen, yes, you can know you're going to have him because Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Do you know what else he said? He said, I want a real chaplain. I want a chaplain who knows the truth, and I want you to know I'm a real pastor. I want you to understand what that means. I'm very, very flawed. No one in here is more flawed than me, but I know Jesus. And I want you to know Jesus because I want you to know Jesus because Jesus saves us from our sin and Jesus saves us from death. And it's so important that you know that. That's why I picked Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. I wanted to go into the room and share with him. I get to share with you, right? What do they say about real estate? It's all about what? Location, location, location. If that's true with real estate, you know what it's really true about? Eternity. Did you know that people are forever? 
that we are forever. And each of us will choose the location we spend eternity. And there's only two places. There's heaven and there's hell. Choose heaven. There's eternal life and there's eternal punishment. Choose eternal life because what we choose will be where we are forever. And I have such good news. Listen, you can choose heaven. You can choose eternal life because Jesus saves. And, and that's the story of the whole Bible. The whole story of the Bible, you're not the main character, I'm not Jesus's. And the story of the Bible is how Jesus saves. That's good news, but the, the good news of the gospel has some bad news, and the bad news is we have a problem called sin. The man in the video, he understood that problem, right? He understood that he had done something wrong. But I want you to know, he's not the only one. He's not the only one. In, in Romans 3, uh, verse 23, will you read this with me? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, who does the Bible say is sin? Who? All of us. Uh, do you know what sin is? Um, <laughs> you're about to find out. <laughs> Do you know the difference between you and God? Do you know the difference between you and God? He doesn't think He's you. He doesn't think He's you. What sin is, is that we think we're God. And we believe that we know the path to happiness and right and wrong better than God. So God speaks to us in his word, and we say, well, that, that's a good idea. Like to honoring our parents, that's a good idea. Um, telling the truth, that's a good idea. Reserving sex for marriage, that's a good idea. But I've got a better idea. And so we don't honor our parents, and we don't tell the truth. And we don't reserve sex for marriage, and so we commit crime after crime against God, imagining that we believe we knew better than God the path to happiness. You see, a sin is a crime against God, and we're all guilty, especially me. And I want you to know the God we've sinned against is a just God, a just God. And in the book of Exodus in the book of Exodus 34, look at what the Bible says about God, yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. God is just. He can't wink at sin and say it doesn't matter because there's something inside of God that says sin must be punished. So what then is the penalty for sin? What is the penalty for a crime against God? In 2 Thessalonians, we read verse 9, these will pay the penalty of eternal destruction. We live in a silly culture. We talk about silly things. And I want to talk to you about what matters most. People are forever. And because we've sinned against God, what we deserve for what we have done is hell, which is eternal punishment. See, these will pay the penalty of eternal destruction. And what is hell like? Away from the presence of the Lord. It's, it's to be separated from God and from the glory of his power, but it's also to be separated from all good things. In this life, even people who don't acknowledge God, they get to enjoy the sun and the moon and friends and family and food.
But hell is separation from God and from all good things. So what is the bad news of the gospel? That we've sinned against God, God's just, what we deserve is hell, and that we cannot save ourselves. We cannot save ourselves. I've talked to a lot of people, and it seems like most people think that God has these giant scales in his hands, and he puts our good deeds on one side and our bad deeds on the other, and if our good deeds outweigh our bad, he's going to say, come on in, and if our bad deeds, well, we don't like to go there, But I want you to know that's not it. That's not it. In Proverbs, look at this verse. In Proverbs 14, verse 12, uh, the Bible, I guess I didn't put it in there, but Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. That there is a way, it seems right to us, that as long as your good deeds outweigh your bad, there is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of, of death. I'll never forget I'm on the beach witnessing to a young man, and I asked this young man, why should God let you into heaven? And he said, well, I'm a good person. And so I said, well, have you ever wondered how good you'd need to be? You know what he said? 70%. I mean, he wasn't right, but he had an answer, right? I mean, 70% works in school. It passes, right? He thought maybe that'll work with God. It, it, it won't work. You know why? I mean, let's say you have a girlfriend and she fixes you some brownies and she brings you the brownies and they say, man, I have made these out of gourmet ingredients. It, it's all gourmet gr- ingredients except for it's 2% dog poop. <laughs> Just 2%. Are you eating it? No, Why? Because it's not the good outweighing the bad, is it? That 2% would make that brownie detestable, right? And that's what it's like with our sin. We can't make up for our sin by doing good things. We would taste repulsive to God just like that brownie would to us. That's the bad news of the gospel, that we've sinned against God. That God is just, he must put in sin. What we deserve is hell and we can't save ourselves. Well, what can we do? We can't do anything. That's why the good news, the gospel is so good. The good news is that Jesus saves. He does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. (laughs) Do you know who Jesus is? Do you? That that Jesus is God, the, the son who put on flesh and came to earth. That's what we celebrate at Christmas Who is Jesus? Colossians 2.9. Look at this. For in him, in Jesus Christ, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Jesus is fully God and fully man in one person because he came into the world for a unique mission. Fully God and fully man. He came to save us from our sins. So that means, first of all, that he lived a perfect life for us. He lived a perfect life for us because to get into heaven, you have to be perfect, and we're not. So he lived the life for us that God requires, and then he died the death that our sins deserve. Oh, in 1 Corinthians 15, look at this. For I delivered to you as of first importance. You're sitting in school. The teacher says, this is of first importance. What do you know? You better listen, right? Better listen. So for I delivered you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins. Do you know this week we've been reading through it, good news, the Gospel of Luke. And do you know that Jesus was betrayed by a kiss? Have you ever been betrayed? 
Oh, man, doesn't that hurt? And he was, he was deserted by a small group. He had a small group of friends, and when he was arrested, they all ran away. You ever had friends leave you? He was denied. He was denied by a good friend. I never knew him. And then he was mocked and spit upon and beaten. He was nailed to a cross, and the cross was dropped into a hole. When, when it hit the bottom, do you know every bone was, it was dislocated? Do you know how people die of crucifixion? Do you know how they asphyxiate? I can't say it, but they, they have to lift up to get a breath, and finally they become so tired that they, they die. Um, and that wasn't the worst part. The one who had never sinned became sin. The awful things that I said to my mom and dad, all my sins were placed on Jesus. And all the things that we've done that deserve hell were placed on Jesus. And he died in our place. Notice he died for our sins. He didn't have any. That's the perfect substitute for our sins. If you want to know what God thinks about our sin, look at Jesus on the cross. That's what we deserve. If you want to know how much God loves us, look at Jesus dying in our place. Who ever heard of a God who would die for creatures? Who ever heard of a God who would die for sinners? But isn't that the gospel? But God demonstrates his own love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Oh man, the first time I saw Jesus bearing my sins, I was overwhelmed, aren't you? Listen, he died for our sins. He stayed on the cross experiencing what our sins deserve until he had paid the penalty in full. And he said, it's finished or paid in full. He died for our sins according to the Scriptures and that He was buried and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. On the third day, Jesus walked out of the tomb. You know what that means? It means the penalty for sin is death that we know we can be forgiven because He walked out proving He had conquered sin and death. It's like someone was sentenced to prison for 10 years. At the end of 10 years, the price had been paid and they walk out. So Jesus walks out. How do we know it's true? And that he appeared to Cephas, he appeared to Peter, then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. This was written about 20 years after Jesus rose from the grave. Most of the people were still alive. You could go and talk to them. How? Jesus died for our sins. He rose proving he had conquered sin and death. And he offers to us the greatest gift ever given, the free gift of salvation, of salvation. And you say, salvation, what? Salvation from. It's to be saved from sin and death. It's to be saved from the guilt of our sin and the penalty of sin, which is death. It's to be saved for forgiveness. It's to be saved for doing life and eternity with Jesus. Um, so thankful to be a Christian. Every night when I lay my head down, I know that I'm forgiven. 
and I've sinned so much, it's so good to be forgiven. Wouldn't you like to go to bed tonight knowing you're forgiven? I get to do life with Jesus. Do you know what I have? I have a friend who says I'm never leaving. Have you ever had a friend close to you who left? Doesn't it hurt? It is so great to do life with Jesus who says, I will never desert you, nor will I. Don't we all long for a friend like that, don't we? Listen, he's given me a purpose to life that's big enough to, to get up each day of my life and be excited about it. I get to do life with him. I get to do eternity with him. I'm not like the man in the video who said I'm afraid of what comes next because I know what comes next. I'll get to be with Jesus forever. Don't you want to have that confidence? <laughs> you can, you know. You really, really can. I mean, what is salvation? It is the greatest gift ever to be saved from sin and death, saved for forgiveness and life and eternity with Jesus. Well, how do we get this gift? How do we get this gift? We, we believe in Jesus. Oh, back to Romans 10, 9. Look, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You, you want to know how to be saved? Just yell help toward Jesus. Help and you'll be saved. Isn't that the thief on the cross, isn't it? There's a thief on the cross. Did he say, Jesus, I'm a really good person? Did he? He said what? Jesus, help! And Jesus said what? Today, you'll be with me in paradise. Uh, there was a blind man. There was a blind man. And, and, and you know what he said? Help! To Jesus. You know what? Jesus opened his eyes. And Jesus raised him from the dead. And Jesus saved him. One day, God opened my eyes and I saw Jesus. And when I saw Jesus, I saw my sin. And I realized he loved me enough to die for me. And I said, Jesus, help me. And he did. Won't you? Notice what it says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, the word confess means to agree. <laughs> uh, Jesus, you're, you're, you're Lord, not me, right? And, and believe in your heart. In the Bible, heart is the control center. It's, it's our mind where we think. It's our emotions where we feel. It's our will where we make choices. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. I love to tell people believing in Jesus is as simple as A and B and C, where we admit and then we believe and then we commit. Oh, if you'd like to be saved, it starts when we admit. Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. And if you've never done that, won't you? And, and, and then we believe, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And, and then we commit, we trust Jesus. Jesus, I'm not going to trust anymore in trying to be good. I'm going to trust what you did for me on the cross by dying and rising for me. I want you to be my Savior and come in and forgive me and, and give me eternal life. And, and it's to trust Christ as Lord. I want you to be Lord of my life. Uh, the rebellion ends today. I, I want you to be Lord and help me be the person you want me to be. So what have we learned? What is salvation? It's to be saved from sin and death. It's to be saved for forgiveness, to do life and eternity with Jesus. And, uh, and, and how do we get it? By believing. 
Does this make sense to you? Would you like to receive the greatest gift ever given? And I know you say, well, who wouldn't want to be forgiven? Exactly. Who wouldn't want to live with Jesus? Who wouldn't want to spend eternity with Him? If that's you, I'm going to close this in prayer, and, and we can both tell Jesus what you just told me, that you would like to receive the greatest gift ever given. And here's what's going to happen. I'm going to lead us in prayer where we both tell Jesus that. And, and after that, I'm going to ask you that, that if you prayed that prayer for the first time, if you put your trust in Christ, if you'd raise your hand. Listen, nobody's going to be peeking, peeking. Don't worry. But Jesus said when something happens in our heart, it's good to express it outwardly. And what I'd love for you today is say, Smiley, today I received the greatest gift ever, and then I'd love to pray for you. One day, it'll be too late. Don't wait until it's too late to receive the greatest gift ever given. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for putting on flesh and coming to earth and dying in our place on the cross once and for all. And Jesus, thank you for rising so that sinners could be forgiven and live forever. Thank you. Listen, if, if you're here and, and you'd like to receive the greatest gift ever given, if you'd like to go to bed tonight forgiven, if you'd rather spend the rest of your life doing life with Jesus, if, if you want to be with him forever, I want you to know that Jesus is here. He's far more concerned with the attitude of your heart than the words that you say. But won't you repeat after me as we tell Jesus you'd like this gift? Lord Jesus, I acknowledge to you that I have sinned against you in many ways. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. I want you to come into my life and be my Savior and forgive me of all my sins and give me the gift of eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be. Oh, if you've prayed that prayer for the first time, way to go. Remember what we heard that if we if we confess Christ, if we believe, then we'll be saved. And if you've done that for the first time, why don't you just raise your hand just to say, hey, Smiley, today, today I put my trust in, in Christ. Today I trusted Christ. Just keep him up for a moment. Keep him up. Uh, yes, way to go. While you have your hand prayed, let me pray for you. Lord, I pray for those who've raised their hand that you would assure that when we believe, you forgive and and you give eternal life. Lord, help them to grow and grow and to enjoy having a friend forever. You can put your hands down now. Lord, I pray. How I pray that everyone who leaves here today, leaves here saved, leaves here knowing we're forgiven, leaves here knowing that we get to do life and eternity with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.